Hey ladies, welcome back to the Chandelier Room. It's been a long-awaited second episode. We have had COVID in the house. We have had, you know, back to school, um, new ventures and businesses and all that good stuff. Um, but I also needed some time to just go before the Lord and just see what was new. Um, and he's given me something new. And so uh, I really wanted to share with you. This weekend, I was blessed to go to a women's conference called Encounter 2021, uh, where Lydia S. Merrow, uh, she was a worship leader for Shake the Nations and uh, just such a powerful woman of God. I didn't even know she preached like that, but this woman really sets you on fire with the Holy Spirit and just excitement for who he is. Um, that along with some other just beautiful revelations that the Lord has just been giving me, um, it's just giving me some fire and we all need that. His Holy Spirit is live. It's, it's just life. It gives you life. And so, um, I wanted to share something with you. I got a, a message from a friend and she asked me a question, which I feel like was completely needed, um, to be answered. And it's completely uh, on par with what I was feeling for a good part of my Christian life and even my pre-Christ life. Um, so let me read what she said. She says, lately she's been questioning her salvation and if she's truly a child of God. She said, I love Jesus, but without a doubt, but I don't study and pray as I should. I want to feel Jesus. I want him to talk to me. I want to see miracle, miracles happen. I'm so tired of this world. I hate this world with a passion. I don't want to be here. I just beg Jesus to take me um, for the rapture. Um, but I don't belong anywhere. My kids don't want to listen. I can't keep them under control. And she said she's not sure if she'll be taken up. And she won't be sure if her kids will be taken up. Um, you know, these, these are some big concerns, right? So just... A heavy heart and I get it um, and, and, and it's beautiful because she starts off with saying she wants her life to be purposeful for to help people who have been through what she's been through and that's what honestly we've been put on the planet for but I wanted to speak to this because I had a pop a, a similar upbringing uh, I grew up in a denomination if you can call it that um, where there wasn't a heaven in, or hell per se, there was just destruction. And so as we see the world kind of getting a little bit more and more uh, strange and dangerous and uncertain, we know as Christians that that means Jesus coming back or as we would know at the end of the world, right? But that sounds dark. It sounds like there's no hope. It sounds like destruction. It sounds like, you know, Armageddon. It sounds like um, fires and earthquakes and just lawlessness. And there is some truth to that. But as children of God, we have to remember that the Lord has a purpose for us. And the Lord has us here to do great and mighty things. Jesus said, look up because the harvest field is ripe, is ripe for harvest. And when we look at the scriptures, I don't want to get into a big study, but when we look at the scriptures, uh, Jesus talks a lot about harvest. He talks a lot about a wedding feast, which we would... Christian Christians think and it's true that we're going to be raptured up and there will be a feast but if you look at those scriptures now I'm going off plan if you look at those scriptures with the wedding feast there's a lot of the his people that he invites don't come and so he says go out to the highways and byways and bring everyone in that's the harvest that's what we're doing so we have people who are church people or religious people um 
And God's like, they're not coming to the feast. Like they just, they're not concerned. They're buying, they're selling, they're getting married. They're tending to their field. They're not coming to my feast. Like I am a king. I, I expect you to come to my wedding feast. Like the king's throwing his son this party and this marriage supper and we're, and we're not going. So he says, invite, go out to the highways and byways, invite everyone. That's the, that's the picture of the harvest, I believe. Um, and so that's what the Lord is waiting on us. He wants us to be endued with power, baptism of fire, and the Holy Spirit and fire. We've got Holy Spirit. I don't believe we have fire. The fire burns out every, everything that's not like him. Like the Hebrew boys in Daniel, they were bound at the wrist. They didn't burn. Only thing that burned was their shackles. And life leaves us with shackles. It keeps us um, in these old thought patterns, these strongholds. And the Lord is going to bring his Holy Spirit, which we have now, and fire. The fire is the part that we've been missing. So I want to talk to you a little bit about today about just getting out of the mindset of religion or the mindset of having to work for your salvation and where that motivation comes from. So a few years ago, I think it was the blood moons and um, all of these things are a sign of Jesus coming. But Jesus said these are just birth pangs that the time is not yet. But in that time, you know, if you're a YouTuber like I am, you'll see a lot of videos and people who are prophetic or claiming that they're hearing things from the Lord, these rapture dreams. And then we have the blood moons and then you're seeing COVID now like it's looking grim. And I'm not here to tell you that the Lord isn't coming back soon because he is. But I'm here to tell you that there's hope. I'm here to tell you that we have a purpose and a plan. And for those who are looking for him, because we're looking for him, we will be excited and blessed at his coming. When I was a little kid, I used to hide. I used to hide. Well, I, I used to have these like fascinations or I guess I couldn't can't call it a daydream, like a day nightmare, daymare. And I would have these awful daymares that the Lord was coming back and I would want to hide. And there's actually a scripture for that. I think I was reading Revelation last night. But yes, it's going to be scary. But for those who don't know him. See, sometimes we have a, a weird concept about God, a false concept about God that he's here to he's out to get us. That he is looking for you to trip up so that he can deny your access to the kingdom. That he's just looking for a technicality so he can pull the lever and you go through, you know, like those bad guys have the lever or a button on their desk and the person in front of them just falls to the ground. You know what I'm talking about? But that's not him. The word says that it is not his will that even one should perish, but all would come into everlasting life. In fact, this world has been looking like it's been time for a long time. And 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any would perish, but that all will come to repentance. That's his heart, is that everyone will come to repentance. It's not... He's not looking for a reason to throw us out of heaven and say, Oh, yeah, you're saved by grace through faith, but... You know, you didn't get enough people saved or that was that one guy I told you to talk to and you didn't. So down the chute you go. That's not him. So anytime we're motivated by fear, we can be sure that it's not God. See, because mo fear motivating us to walk with God is only going to last a little while. Let me tell you how it goes. Because I did it. I was walking with the Lord. I wanted more of the Lord. I started watching these YouTube videos. 
and they're scaring the junk out of me that he's coming any day. So what happens is you live paralyzed in fear. You don't do anything towards the kingdom of God because you're waiting him to come any day. So what's the point of evangelizing? What's the point of doing what he told me to do? Like, I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to start a women's ministry or I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to go to college. I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to try this job or, or write this play, this play or start this film company. But it's too late. Like, I don't even think I should get married or start a family because Jesus come back any day. Now I just ain't got to make sure my heart is right. I got to stay still. And Jesus didn't call us to do that. That's not him. That's called fear. And fear paralyzes you from doing anything else. So, um, second Timothy one seven says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and self-control. And some versions say, and a sound mind. So God says that this is not a, it's a spirit of fear. A lot of times we just feel scared, right? Sometimes you might just get nerves. But this spirit of fear paralyzes you. And it keeps you from doing what you've been put on the planet to do. And if you, I'm sorry, folks, but if we think Jesus is coming any day now, then you'll, you, and if you live in the fear of that instead of this hopeful expectation that you will meet him because you're his daughter or son, if there's a guy listening, Instead of being this hopeful expectation of his coming, that you live in fear, well, we're not going to get much done and we're going to be live paralyzed. We're not going to come into our full calling because how many of y'all know that this walk is like a beautiful mountain range, just ups and downs. There's smooth places. There's rocky places. There's valleys. There's mountain peaks. And we get to walk those. And all the while we're being made into the image of Christ. But if we stop now and we're stagnant and we keep our eyes on what we would consider like the end, then we're not looking for his coming. See, when Jesus comes, it's not the end. It's just the beginning. Everything we're doing now is just a trial run, almost like a school or university to who, to what is really, what we're really here for, which is to be in the image of God and to rule and reign with Christ. Okay. So if we're living in this place where we feel like, number one, we have to earn our salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 says that for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God. It's not a result of works so that no one may boast. So legit, it's grace that we've been saved through faith. And this is not our doing, it's a gift of God. It's a gift. Not a result of works. There's nothing we could do that we could boast and say, yeah, I woke up one morning and I just decided to be a child of God and I just, you know... I worked my way into it. I stopped drinking and smoking for a week. I broke up with my boyfriend and decided to get serious and started reading my Bible. Like, it's not about the works. When we love God and He, um, we start to have this relationship with him, yes, it's going to change how we act. It's going to change what we want. It's going to change our hearts and our desires. And it's a good thing. It's not a death um, of, of the great things about you or your personality or anything. It's the death of that old person that, that kind of, you just tired of being and, and the one who makes all these crazy things happen in your life, makes mistakes and makes you feel like you're just on a hamster wheel. That part of you will slowly and slowly die. Some, for some people, it's instant. Some, for some people, you know, they just get radically changed. But some people, it's a process. And that's good, too. Um, and from there, because we couldn't earn it. OK, it's a gift. 
then we also know that Romans 8, 1 is true, that therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you're in Christ Jesus, you are not going to be condemned. So I shared on my Facebook Live yesterday, um, and I'll share that link, but if you're in the chandelier room, it's in there. Um, but I want to share that it's not it's not about condemnation. When you're his, you know, there's two voices you're going to hear. You're going to hear a voice of the Lord that does not condemn, but it convicts. A conviction means, wow, you shouldn't have done that. Or, Christy, do you think you could have done that a little better? Or, you know, I noticed that sometimes when you get angry, you tend to say things you don't mean. How about you take a second? Or how about the scripture that says, you know, those kind words are like honey? You know, you'll hear that. But condemnation will say, you're awful. This is it. You can never be used. I can't believe you cursed again. What did you do? You said you were a child of God. Look at you now. He can never use you. That's it. You're going to hell. Jesus is coming back any day and you're not going to make it. Like that's the difference. Even with something so final as Jesus coming back for his church, that if that if you hear that, if that's coming from the Holy Spirit, it will be a beautiful conviction and a beautiful sense of urgency and love keep your heart clean you'll hear something like that no one knows the day or the hour you'll hear something like that instead of you you don't know the day or the hour it could be tonight while you're sleeping you're gonna have to jump out of bed and you're gonna be scared your kids are left behind like that is not the lord our god he doesn't do that to us the holy spirit is gentle and he's a comforter and he teaches us of things to come so I wanted to encourage you of that today. When I read her message, it just really resonated with me because I grew up, like I said, in a denomination where there was no uh, opportunity to be saved in the denomination I was in. I remember one time my mom took us to this place uh, called, I can't say it or it will put them on blast, but it's not called a church. We went to this Bible study and I'm sitting, my mom's sitting in the middle. I'm on her, maybe her right, and my little sister's on her left. And we're there a little early, so the you know sanctuary is empty, if they call it a sanctuary. Um, and she looks at us, and she says, if Jesus came back today, and she says to my little sister, you'd make it. But Christy, you wouldn't make it. You're old, you're old enough. And I'm like, and that marked me at that moment because I was like, okay. So from then on, I lived in this constant paranoia of the Lord's return with no with no remedy like no there was nothing i could do i wasn't told in this in this denomination there wasn't such thing as giving your life to christ today you know but what we have as children of god and potential children of god you can say yes today by the way you don't have to go to a church you don't have to be good you don't have to get your life together you can be in the middle of what you would call your deepest wrongs or your sins and you could say yes today and and it wouldn't it wouldn't make jesus blink an eye he wouldn't be like uh maybe after you do this no so from that point anyway i was just in constant paranoia we lived in a house near a train track and every time a train would come past one of the big freight trains, I'm freaking out. I'm thinking it's the end. And every time there was a crazy thunderstorm, I'm just shaking in my boots. And you know what it did? It didn't make me want to follow the Lord. It made me want to run away from him. I was like, if this is God, I don't want it. 
So I decided that I would short term have a life outside of God because I was like, well, if he's coming back, I'm just going to enjoy myself because I don't want to live in that fear. Fear could only hold you so long. But when you come to know him and you love him, perfect love casts out all fear. That's what the word says. Because fear has to do with torment. So I was tormented by this fear. See, fear is a very temporary motivator. And once the fear of hellfire or being left behind goes, what are we left with? But if we love and know that we're loved, that will sustain us. When we operate out of love for others and love for God and we understand he loves us and we receive that love, that is where true change happens. That's where you're not, you don't care who is, um, you know, you don't care about what day it might be. You're really concerned with loving him. And then by a byproduct of that is that you'll be ready. You won't be left behind because when you know him, you love him and you'll, and you will naturally want to do, and you will naturally do the things that he says to do. You won't have to be checking boxes and checking and seeing if you're filling out all the things Jesus said to do because his word will abide in you. The word says it will not no longer be on tablets. It'll be on your heart. It's going to be a part of you. And when or if you fall off, the Holy Spirit will gently bring you back and you will be on task. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Unless you decide, okay, I'm, I'm done with this and I'm just going to do my own thing and I don't care if it's wrong. Like that's, that's how this works. So I want to encourage you guys that there's nothing wrong with... Um, keeping your eyes on Jesus, keeping your eyes on his return. But I just encourage you to make sure that you know him for who he is. Read his word. Know that he's not a God that's out to get you. He's not a God that's like, aha, I found a technicality. You're not coming in here. He wants all of us there. In Matthew 25, I believe, it's right after he tells us about um, the things that are coming on the earth. He talks about this wedding feast. And the Lord said, bring them all in, like bring as many people in as you can find. The Lord isn't trying to keep just the clean, squeaky clean people in his church. And when I say his church, I don't just mean the building. I mean his whole body of believers. He's not trying to keep people out. He's trying to get as many people in. So um, I hope that helps. Um, the last thing I want to say is... Seek first the kingdom of God and all other things will be added to you. Um, I, 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 I was a single mom for a while and we're going to do a series on single moms and marriage and all of that and just taking care of your family, taking care of your home. It's not an easy task and I am not a feminist or anti-feminist or whatever that might be, but there's a reason why God made it to be a family where there was a husband and a wife doing this thing in love and then had children. There's a reason. And when we do it alone, it's a little bit harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder. And I want to encourage you that there's certain protocol you need to take um, with your family and with your children. So that's something we're going to talk about next time. But um, my friend here was just asking about her children and just keeping things in order and why everything seems out of control. But I can tell you it's not a cure-all 
Like if you do it today, it's going to happen, but it will happen eventually. If you seek his kingdom first, all other things will be added to you. When I, I'm just going to be honest. When I was living however I wanted to, my life was a mess. My finances were a mess. My body was a mess. Um, my house was a mess. Um, jobs were a mess. Like everything was a mess. My kids were really good kids, so God blessed me with that because he was like, you know, you just, you can't handle anything else. I really couldn't. And they were good. Like the, you know, they were good kids. But at the same time, I wasn't the best mama could have been to them because I was seeking everything first and trying to do everything on my own. And then I was like, okay, I need God. But I didn't know that, like, I needed to seek him first and and love him first and receive his love for me first. And then all the other things will happen. So we'll talk about that next time. Um, about just how to navigate life as a single mom in Christ. Um, and I just think it'll bless you because it's just something that he's been put on my heart that is more prominent um, than we know. Like we know there's a lot of single moms out there, but we don't know how to navigate it or we're trying to navigate it and we could just use some help. So I'm not a pro. I will tell you that, but I know what worked for me and what started working. Um, I've also heard a lot of my single mama friends talk about being married and they want a Christian, good, godly husband. And I will tell you that makes a big difference. Now, I'm not one um, to say you need a husband or you need to go find one because I believe God will ha handle that. Don't make that your big focus. But I will say that there's certain things we need to do to get him, get ourselves ready for marriage and get our houses in order and like I said seeking him first and everything else will line up so I will talk to y'all next time hopefully it won't be so long <laughs> but I love you so much and thank you for being here uh, thank you for listening and if you um, would like to connect with us if you're not on the chandelier room uh, go on Facebook and look up the chandelier room it's a women's group and um, we would love 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 to have you I'll share a link here too and I'll talk to you next time. Um, invite a friend, share, please. And um, single mamas, this one, this next one will be for you. Love you. Take care. Bye.